Zero Foxtrot does not profess to share or promote the opinions and beliefs expressed by show host or guests. The Stay Zero podcast was created to provide a platform for servicemen and women to share their stories. Due to the nature of this podcast, sensitive topics will arise. Conversations about combat, PTSD, drug use, and other such subjects will occur. Viewer discretion is advised. Welcome back to the Stay Zero podcast. My name is Zach, and I have Anna with me here today. Hello. Thank you for doing this. Yeah, thanks for having me. Cool. And you joined the Marine Corps, right? I did. Why did you do that? That's a damn good question. <laughs> um, so my uh, my dad was in the Army. Okay. And all he had... Just wanted to show him up, huh? I did. I literally... I did. <laughs> I was like... He had a brother that was like... Our, uh, Navy and one that was Air Force, like, and my mom had a Vietnam, uh, Marine as her brother. Oh wow! And I met him only a couple times, but I was like, not that guy's fucking badass. <laughs> and so I was like, I want, I want that. Yeah. And so yeah, I had to show up my dad, and um, he didn't even care. <laughs> so <laughs> there was that, but um, it was cool. Uh, I joined when I was seventeen. Okay, what year did you go in? Two thousand six okay. to two thousand ten. Nice. And so I turned 18 just a couple days after going. And what was that like? What were you expecting? And then what did you get? Honestly, it happened so quick. Uh, like I dipped in when I was fresh 17. Mm. And I don't, you know, I know everyone talks shit about the recruiters, like not guiding us, yeah. but they really, I mean, I knew nothing. Yeah. And we, I did PT with the like local recruiters mm -hmm. um, down by the mole. <laughs> and so uh, just running and trying to do, they had, was it here in Austin local? No, no. This was in Tukwila, Washington, Oh, which is close to SeaTac airport, like okay, out of Seattle. So, um, yeah, my recruiter, I mean, I did really well considering a lot of the Marines that are taking the ASVAB, <laughs> like com comparatively, I did pretty well. And uh, I had no idea what I wanted to do. I have no idea why I chose Motor T, but they all looked at me and they're like, are you sure? And they're like, your ASVAB score, you can get another job. And I don't know if it's just me being stubborn or what, but I was like, I want to work on trucks. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm from Washington state. I'm not even country. Uh, and so that's what I chose. They're like, you could do a helicopter mechanic, which hindsight would have been way cooler. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. For real. Um, but so that's what I did. Yeah. Uh -huh. So what's that schooling like, that pipeline? You went to Paris Island, right, yeah. for boot camp there. And then where did you go for Motor T School? Man, I – so Motor T School is at Camp Johnson in North Carolina. Oh, so not far. <laughs> so no. Yeah. And then, uh, and then I went – well, because at first I was at um, – shoot, what's the – like the combat school – is right next to it. You know, you do those like MCT or yeah, MCT. You do that. I, I went to West Coast. I have never yeah. touched foot in, in East Coast. So I went from Paris Island to these little camps outside of North Carolina, like Camp Lejeune. Okay. And then I just I just stayed in that area. Everything and all my training was right there. So I never left the Carolinas. <laughs> Were there a lot of other women there with you? Um, in Motor T. Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously in boot camp there was a lot of other women. When I got to uh, MCT. I mean, I'm in a women's only platoon. So to me, okay. yes, that's like okay. what we had. But um, in school, school, there was not a ton. 
But uh, the ones that were with me, man, I remember this girl. She was from Wyoming. Woke up in the morning. First thing that she did was put a four-finger pinch of Copenhagen in her lip. And I was just like... Okay, now this job makes sense for you. <laughs> like, why am I here? Because <laughs> like that's hardcore. It was nasty. Are you more of a two finger pearl? Um, <laughs> I actually did start dipping. Yeah, <laughs> but I did. I felt like I remembered you saying that. Grizzly when, wintergreen, yeah. and I did enough to. I did it for like to stay awake. Yeah. Because you know we were just in holding for school for so long, and they would just sit us in this like rainy tent. I remember watching death by powerpoint for whatever just because they had to like do something with us other than just pt all day and so i was dying and so i just started dipping and i would just swallow it if you can't spit if you can't smoke Mm -hmm. you would dip and in the sniper platoon we couldn't smoke and so everybody and it was just like you had to stay awake yeah in no other way and they didn't allow you to have spit cups in there that's in mine so i did just enough to like gut it huh just a little oh yeah you can until you can't anymore. Right. And then right. you're one, one time I did, I had too much that I swallowed and I was just like, no, I'm never again. I don't even want to smell grizzly wintergreen. Don't I bet. even. Cause I it's bet. Bad. That's yeah. funny. Yeah. Uh, did you end up deploying? I did not. Okay. No. What did you do for your time? So when I got to, so back to your original question, the expectation, I didn't yeah. really, I didn't really have one. Like, I just knew that I was going to be a Marine and that it was going to be hard and, I, you know, that I was going to have this awesome leadership and be a part of this community. So, like, that was really all it was, which was true. Yeah. But other than that, like, I didn't know what – I didn't know what day-to-day was going to look like. And so when I checked into my unit, um, I – it had already been, I think, a year because I ended up – I had an injury in boot camp. So I was at Paris Island for five months instead of 13 weeks. Ouch. So five months. And then I went to MCT, uh, which is what, three weeks. And then I did my MOS school, which is another three months, but I was in holding. So by the time I was, I was already a Lance Corporal by the time I checked into my first unit, just because it had been so much time. Yeah. Um, They said, welcome to the black hole of North Carolina. (laughs) And I was like, cool. Because... They only need so many mechanics yeah. on deployment. And my unit had a thing where they were sending everyone who had already gone for experience. They've already been experienced. So it was like this joke, like, oh, yeah, like, let's. Um, How are you supposed to get experience exactly. if they don't send you there? Right. Like what happens when those guys get out? Right. And then you're sending. You have yeah. nobody that knows anything. I think it was yet. just like the current chain of command I had. They just didn't want to go with new. They wanted to take the guys that were, were gone. So um, I had a sergeant with me and I loved him and he was like so nice. And, you know, he's married with young kids and he just he'd been in for eight years, sergeant, because they wouldn't send him anymore. They wouldn't do anything for him. Like wow. they, it was like suffocating yeah. and I mean he ended up getting out because he's like what is the point they won't send me anywhere and he he wasn't a shit bag so that was like it's frustrating to watch because he's like a little heart <laughs> he's like just let me you know because yeah, you you're, like you're, you're not... caught in the grind of this machine that has its own agenda and it doesn't always work for you yeah and I mean you feel like you're not worthy and not good enough if you don't deploy yeah. like you feel like you're not doing pulling your weight right 
It's like, I've been training. I want to play the game, coach. Put me in. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, I understand. I think a lot of people struggle with that. Yeah. It's it's getting on the deployment and then it's, you know, getting into combat. I didn't get into combat yet. I didn't get, you know. You're like, I was deployed, but I didn't do anything. Right. It's like, okay, where is the line? It just moves. It never stops moving. I guarantee it. The guys, everyone feels that way. Yeah. And I mean, you know, while active duty, yeah. I don't, I never got like upset about the pogue jokes. Like I get it. Oh, and I'm a woman. So it really never really cut me that bad because <laughs> it's like, yeah, and your point. <laughs> but um, I think that it's when we, other, so, like pushing past the pogue comment, we all knew that logistically speaking, like Marines can't do shit without, without supply, even though you want to call them whatever you want to call them. Like you still need those guys. Like it's a team. But it's it's hard because we give each other the most shit. Oh, for sure. Yeah. In good fun. I mean, most yeah. of the time. Most of the time. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So when you said you got out in 2010, I did. Yeah. I um, man. I mean, it was. I was very moto. Like, I mean, I got my stupid no stamp way. on my wrist. <laughs> that was when I was 18. Like, right as soon as I got to the fleet, yeah. I was like, "Give it to me." Um. And is that a Motor T tattoo? Or no, it's just the EGA. Oh, nice. Yeah. My mom was so mad. She's like, get it smaller. I'm like, no. I had big plans too. And I thought it was an original idea. That's how naive I was. Uh-uh. I remember texting my drill instructor with my buddy, Ray. We were joining together and we're oh, like, yeah. you know what would make a really cool tattoo? The Eagle Globe and Anchor. He's like, oh, yeah. Wow. No shit, boot. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and we, we had plans to do it. And uh, I never ended up doing it. I don't know if he did or not. Dude, but. I know a Marine, uh, my buddy Ian, he literally... Probably got out, I don't know, five years ago plus. He just got one yeah. on the on his left arm, but the same exact style that I just did. I'm like, dude, what are you doing? I'm like, that's, we call it a stupid stamp for a reason. Like, yeah. we got it when we were active duty because we were all, like, gung-ho. They issued them out at SIF. <laughs> right? It's like, well, you forgot yours. Yeah. There was a guy that got Semper Fi in between his shoulder blades, uh, but it was written in, like, terrible old English because it's off, so it's right off base. It looked like it said Semper Fu. And so uh, he was like the karate guy from then on. That's funny. That was good shit. Yeah. I remember we had a guy in my sniper school that got scout sniper down his triceps like a week before graduation. No. Like, dude, that was a ballsy move. He's like, don't tell anybody. I was like. He made it, right? He did. Okay. He did. Thank God. (laughs) I was like, man, you couldn't have waited a week. Uh, Um, But yeah. It's fun. We everybody does silly. I actually never got a tattoo. I ended up getting branded. A Marine Corps brand? Ish. Um, <laughs> at the time, it Where was it? <laughs> on my chest. Um, oh my god! It was in school, or actually, when we got out, and back before the SS had all of that, mm-hmm. um, you know, publicity. That was what you got. It was Scout Sniper, and we ended up getting branded with the SS with like a soldering iron. Yeah, that sucked. That sucked. Uh, And that was good for me. I'm like, I don't need a tattoo. I think I'm good. You burned me. Uh, I'll wear that (laughs) forever. forever. I I can't take that off. So yeah, even if you get that covered up, it's still there. Like yeah, scar tissue. It's really, it's really bright in the, in the summer. I'm sure it is. Yeah. Cause I turn red and it stays white. How bad did that hurt? 
Actually, during it, it wasn't terrible because okay. it was so hot. It just melted the nerves. Sure. And I was like, huh, the okay. The healing was brutal because to get it to keloid, you have to constantly scrub out the scab and make the make it scar. Oh. And uh, they gave us this like lidocaine numbing cream that I that think had alcohol in it. <laughs> oh, so and perfect. I would just like try not to cry in the shower because it burned on a scale of one to 10, like a 27. Right. And uh, yeah. I mean, that makes sense. I've not had any crazy burns that bad, but Burns aren't fun. It's the after. Yeah, it's, it's the, the after. after. And that's right. not even when you're trying to mess with it. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Um, okay, so you got out in 2010. Where, where'd you go after that? Yeah, so, you know, typical, uh, I followed a guy to his home state in Wisconsin. Uh, I was dating a guy in my unit. Um, he got out maybe eight months before me. Okay. And so I was like, well... If you're going to stay and wait for me to get out, we'll go up to Wisconsin together. Yeah. <laughs> so he did and we did. And I broke up with him like a month later. Well, because at that point, you know, when you get out and you tell them where you want to um, use your money to travel. Mm, now, yeah. I was in North Carolina. Smart thing would have been. To tell them Wisconsin. Well, no. the smart. I lived in Washington. So oh. they would have paid me for that much further distance. Yeah. And then if I wanted to go back or something to Wisconsin, but I did, I split the difference and went half, but that was all the money I had. Like, and I used the rest of it to, um, to move there and get settled and live off of. And so I was kind of like trapped there. And so I stayed there. I had another enlistment four years in Wisconsin. Really? <laughs> Not enlistment. Just like, I just mean like I spent all my money moving there. I was what, 22. Yeah. And I, I knew nobody once I broke up with them and I was just like, cool. I just, I live here now. <laughs> <laughs> what did you do? Um, a little bit of everything. I drank a lot. Um, the day I got out, the day like I moved there, I painted my nails black and I got my ear pierced like up tall. Okay. And so I was just kind of like living. Active rebellion. Yeah. Okay. And so um, <laughs> I it was a college town in La Crosse where I was living, and so it was just like strip bar, and so I was just hanging out, meeting people, and trying to live i guess um and then i ended up being a store manager of azumis what is that zoomie you don't know zoomies mm -mm. it's based out of i just Washington. know that's when the dog runs real fast from one room to the other true zoomies is a skate and snowboard shop they're from originally from washington okay. state i'm from here so we don't have those well i think they have they have them i mean people skateboard zoomies? in texas okay so it's skate and they do a little surf stuff too in okay. states that have, have surfing um but so I mean, they sell like Etnies and Nikes and all sorts of sure. clothing like that. Like an REI sort of apparel outdoor. It's a lot. More skating um, though. Yeah. It's more like punk. Like it's uh, more for like the younger generation. Hot Topic. It, yeah. It's more on the lines of like packs on Hot Topic. It's a mall store. Okay. But so um, I started working there as an assistant and they kept promoting me. And so I started being a manager of that. And I just stayed and did that for a little bit. All right. And then I was like, why am I still living in Wisconsin? I yeah. get that well. I'm glad you dropped the accent. That's good. I It comes out when I drink sometimes. Oh, really? I can't help it. Like, it's the O's. <laughs> okay. Don't, don't you know? They really I just talk think like Bobby's that. World. That was my only exposure. It was growing up watching that. Yeah. Um, I went up to, like, Upper Michigan, and they really talk like Fargo. Like really? it's it's a, I thought it was exaggerated in the movie. Yeah. No? I, no. 
I was like, is this real life? I was in a bar, like, ski snowboarding at, like, a ski uh, resort, and I heard this guy down the way, and I was like, what the heck? That's okay. funny. It was entertaining. So how'd you, how'd you get away? Um, I, I was trying to get my boss to transfer me back to Washington because okay. there's stores there, and yeah. I was like, just send me back. Yeah. And uh, So did he send you back, or no. did you go somewhere else? No, because every time I was like, hey, um, I hate it here. I need to leave. She was like, please stay for one more season or just a little longer. And I was like, I know how this game's going. So I called her from Montana with my U-Haul. And I was like, hey, I'm done. And she's like, she tried to try the thing again. And I was like, oh, you don't understand. I left, left. Like, I didn't even say goodbye to my employees. Like, I wrote them a schedule, put my assistant in charge, made sure everything was good to go for a couple weeks. Like, you know, payroll and merchandise Irish and everything. Oh yeah. Yeah. Queen Sometimes of Irish. You got to do that. I was queen of it. I, I was in like a situation where I didn't have a choice because yeah. she was like pressuring me to stay. And when I would tell her no, she somehow twisted it. And I'm like, okay. So I just left. People like that are fun. Mm-mm. <laughs> no, I'm actually very good at saying no to people and having boundaries. Yeah. Um, but I'm just like, I'm not playing this game with you anymore. Good for you. So I left. And went and was what a, was in Montana? Uh, that was just um a just long way road out? trip. Okay. I was about halfway home okay. from Wisconsin. <laughs> okay, yeah, it was in January too, so I was like making that trek in the middle By of the winter. In a U-Haul through no, Montana. I had a friend with me. Okay, yeah, I had a friend that worked for the company with me. He's like, cool. He's from Washington. Your Jerry Maguire exit. Who's coming with me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, my employees were pretty mad because they're like, wait, they're like, you quit? And I was like, eh, yeah, yeah, well, you'd be fine. I only knew They'll you for two years. They'll hire somebody else. It's, That's what companies do. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be all right. Exactly. And it was it was almost like, you know, you can't go AWOL without having consequences in the Marine Corps. Like, so it was almost like, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, I'm doing it. What are you going to do about it? Nothing. You can't stop me. It's kind of fun to be able to do that. Yeah, it's, it's like free. For four years, I fought for the freedoms I didn't have. Yeah, I know. And now it's I'm ironic. really glad to have them back. Yeah. yeah. The ability to just leave. Yeah. That was my, that probably one of my favorite things about contracting was that if it got too stupid, mm-hmm. we'd just quit. Yeah. There was nothing they could do about it. And it, it changed the balance of power to a degree. Yeah. Because they did know that if they fucked around too much, they would find out. Hey, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> they did 2016, but it was good. Yeah. Okay. So you went back to Washington mm-hmm. and what were you doing there? You know, I think that uh, I I had lived there my whole life, and I good to be home. felt like that's where I was supposed to be, and so I just went because I was like, oh, it's I know this is what I know, and I was like, this is further from the furthest from the truth, actually. Really? Because I got back and I, um, I you know hung out with my old friends again, um, whom a lot of them, I mean, I love them, but like they were still doing similar things. Um, or working the same job or, you know, they hadn't really grown much. And granted, we're still in our 20s. Like, it's like, eh, whatever. Yeah. That's what it's for. But, um, I, you know, I was, a, I was a snowboard bum for a little bit. And then I started uh, to be an RSO at a gun range. Oh. And then I got promoted to being the assistant range master there. And I was doing NRA pistol instructorship. And I was like, this is, this is cooler. Um. I mean, I literally got that job for my, like, because of my clout, so to speak, yeah. from being a Marine. Sure. My buddy was like, hey, uh, the range master, he's prior law enforcement. 
I'll tell him that you're a Marine. He'll hire you like immediately. And I was like, all right, I like that. I'll it's take cool. That. The community does work that way. I mean, it is, it is a pro. <laughs> it's yeah. pro. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I was just like, I don't want to be here anymore. And I just, I felt it kind of lingering, but I didn't have anywhere else to go. I didn't know what else to do. And I traveled a bunch and you know how, when you travel, you're like, oh, I can see myself living here. Like, I feel like that about everywhere. Every vacation I've ever taken. Right? Yeah. It's just because yeah. it's like a crush. Yeah. The first few months are always <laughs> yeah. wonderful. And yeah. then you settle in anywhere. And then it's like, okay, do I really like this? Yeah. Then you find out their taxes. You're like, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, that wasn't even on my mind when yeah. I was that young. <laughs> I was like, um, but so, yeah, I, I had a... Uh, an idea. I don't know how much you know about Washington and if you've been there or not. Only once Tacoma for a wedding. Okay. Uh, it rained all four days that I was there. Um, there was moss everywhere. Yeah. I, I had never seen that. It's beautiful. It's Absolutely beautiful. But your windshield wipers better work. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I actually didn't even use my windshield wipers growing up. I got the Rain-X um, that, yeah. cleaner. That works. And then me. that stuff beads it off way better nice. than because sometimes the windshield wipers aren't enough. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you and they're expensive now. They're like 80 bucks for windshield wipers. Yeah, for the good ones. Hell. Yeah. That's bullshit. I don't know. <laughs> um, so but Washington is very much known for coffee, especially okay. outside of Seattle. Really? It's, does yeah. it grow there or is no. it just a community of coffee connoisseurs? Yeah, I mean, that's where Starbucks is from, is really? downtown Seattle. Like the first store is a huge destination for people. It's down on Pike Place Market. And so people go there to go into the first ever Starbucks. Wow. I mean. Are you a Starbucks drinker? No. Me either. Um, now, I've actually read the Starbucks book because I think the, the company. Oh, yeah. just like how their business yeah. became? Okay. The company is uh, genius. Really? They're great marketing, marketers. They're, they're awesome at what they've done and what they've created. Okay. I mean, their brand is great. Um, people buy it and they don't even like coffee. Yeah. You know, like people yeah. want it. It's like, it's like Nike. Mm. Is it the best of what it is in its space? Maybe not, but people want it anyway. That's right. And they don't even know why and they'll pay double the price for it. So. That's right. I'm not, I'm not knocking on them. I sure. just personally don't like them. And so nobody in Washington that's from there drank Starbucks that I knew of. Really? Because the local coffee shops always did it better. And they weren't as expensive because it wasn't the brand. And so they were really cool. There were these little drive-through huts in gas station parking lots. And you could drive on either side. And it was really quick. It was, they're tiny. Yeah. And. Like a food truck for coffee. Yeah. Okay. At almost every intersection, every gas station would have one. Wow. Like it was, it's a thing. And, uh, and it was really great coffee. And so that's what I wanted to do when I moved back to Washington. and. Uh, immediately I was like, what about that made you want to do that? Just because I've been obsessed with coffee since I was a kid. Like okay. I started drinking, I have two older sisters and a mom that I grew up with and, um, they would all leave work or school, like leave the house before me. And my mom would have a pot of Folgers back in the tin can. And I just took whatever I could get. Like, I didn't know how to make it. But whatever was left in that pot, I was like, mine. Because they would leave. And so they wouldn't tell me I couldn't drink it. Yeah. So I was drinking coffee way... I mean, I was probably like 10, 12, somewhere in there. Like... Barbie shaking. Too early <laughs> to drink it. I mean, and my mom probably didn't make it super strong. So that's fine. I yeah. Mean, but uh, yeah, I've just always... 
I've always loved it. And so I was like, that could be cool, like to have my own shop. And to be honest with you, I wanted to open a bikini barista, but for men. Nice. So like <laughs> coffee hooters. Yeah. That's so cool. <laughs> that's a thing in Washington. Bikini baristas. Really? Um, actually all up and down the West Coast. So although they do tend to be known for prostitution rings. Oh. So you got to be careful about who you hire. <laughs> but but I was like, what? I was like, there's never any um, hot guy bikini baristas. I'm like, what is that about? And now looking back at it, I'm like, well, they would have been gay and it would have been gay men going primarily, I'm sure. Yeah. But like, so the, the concept is, and when I say bikini, I mean, these women were wearing like G strings mm -hmm. and like pasties, like they're, it's porn. Yeah. And one time I asked, sometimes the names of Do the- Do you have an address for one of these? <laughs> research um, purposes. One time I, so the names sometimes are very obvious that it's a bikini barista. Sometimes they're not. Okay. And so I accidentally took my like seven year old nephew into a drive through oh, and I shit. get up there. Now the windows are cut like low. So you can watch them make your coffee. Um, That's not by accident. And I was like, no, of course not. Yeah. <laughs> um, what's really annoying is when you go through the drive through and there's a guy in front of you and you're like, okay, I got to go to work. I want my coffee. And they turn their car off and you're like, okay, yeah, I'll, um, no, we're not doing that. Go <laughs> inside if you're going to no, try to pick is, her up. There is no inside. Oh. It's a drive through only, but oh. like you, you're not stopping me from getting to work. I will yeah. get out of my car and fuck you up. Yeah. <laughs> like move. Get a big truck, just push him. But the thing is, is they made better coffee mm. and it still wasn't, it wasn't priced higher. The milk was fresh. <laughs> it wasn't priced higher. It was just that they got better tips, obviously. But um, so I actually went to one the whole time I was the assistant uh, range master. I stopped at the bikini barista nice. on my, my ways to work. She tried to recruit me. And I was like, how much do you make? Like, let, let's seriously talk about this. Yeah. Not that much, huh? Not more than I was making. And I'm like, yeah. listen, if you're going to sell your body like this, at least make more money. Sure. <laughs> like, sure. what? I mean, no shame in your game, but like, I'm making the same amount and I get to keep my clothes on yeah. and do cool shit. There's value there. Yeah. I'm like, eh. I question you and your judgment. <laughs> but. So you were going to one a whole bunch and you liked it. And what, what, how did you step into that space? I didn't. Okay. I immediately let my brain shut me down and be like, nope, you can't do that. Mm. You have no idea how to run a business, start a business, any of that. So I all was the like, things that we all tell ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. I was my biggest enemy. And I was like, cause at that point I was probably 26 mm. and I had my uh, GI Bill still, and I was, like, trying to figure out what I wanted to do. And that was just an idea that came to me, and I was like, no. Um, and so I decided to go to school instead. Okay. What for? Um, I was an x-ray tech. All right, yeah. So. Security. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. I was getting closer to 30, and I was <laughs> like, oh, I better go to school for Something that's stable, yeah. something that I can do forever, yeah. and something that's good money, um, something realistic. Medical field will always exist. Um, but then when I graduated in 2017, I started working downtown Seattle at the Level 1 Trauma Center, which was awesome. Yeah. Until COVID and all that stuff. Oh, wow. This is very recently, is, huh? Yeah. So this is just kind of like the... Yeah. Yeah. Because I moved back to Washington in 2014. And then I started school in um, about a year after that because it's a two-year associate's degree for specifically to be an x-ray tech. Okay. 
And so, what was the COVID situation up there? They're a pretty liberal state, and I, I know that was <laughs> there was a little bit of a demarcation between political beliefs yeah. and how the response was to COVID. Yeah. Did you see the writing on the wall and bounce out, or were you? Yeah, I mean, essentially, yeah. yeah. And I mean, I'll try not to go too far down a rabbit hole here, but but um, we got time. I mean, yeah. Uh, so. Harborview was the cool place to work. I mean, it was um, not the best paying job, but it was like the cool. But it was also the downside was it was a state funded hospital. And so that what that meant is all the homeless drug addicts right out front got to come in and we had to take care of them. Uh, They would literally try and go up to Swedish, the fancy one across the like couple blocks away. And they'd say, nope, go to Harborview. It's free. We're not we're not paying for you there. And they would reject people. Um, so I quit before I was fired Mm. is basically what happened. Um, because I was one of the only people that was at my hospital that did not want to get the vaccine Mm. because like you said, it's very left state. Most people were just like, even the ones that, um, didn't want to get it. They're like, well, my job's more important. I'm like, my job is not more important than my health. I had already gone through multiple like mini careers at that point and ideas in my head that I'm like, I don't even know this is forever. I'm not doing that for my body. Like I'm not, that trade-off isn't worth it to me. Good for you. And so, um, I left in April and I would have been fired in November. Wow. Like I have friends that still work there. And I mean, I have one of my best friends that I met while I was there. Uh, she didn't want to get it. Um, and she's like, I'm at 20 years in. She's like, if I don't, like, she was like six months away from getting her pension or whatever. She's like, you know, she just got married. She's like, I'm trying to have a kid because she just hit 40 and she did have, she has a healthy baby boy. Like, that's good. But I'm like, but she was like, this is terrible. I don't, I don't want to do this. And so she stayed, but she's told me that there's nobody left in that hospital that has not been vaccinated against COVID. And it's like crazy because I know I would have been fired. Like, so I, I left before. Did she end up getting vaccinated to she, stay? Yeah, she did. Yeah. Well, at least she had her kid. That's good. Yeah. I know that's some of the the scare. Yeah, what I mean, um, she, I, I know a lot of people that are, like, embarrassed, ashamed now of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that they don't even want to talk about it because they felt such pressure to do it. And so she, you know, a lot of people are in that boat and I'm not, I'm not here to judge anyone. I did what I felt was right for me. And I just hope that everyone that was in like pressured, um, ends up being healthy and okay in the future. You know, sure. like that's all I can hope for. Um, but yeah, it was, it was hard cause it was such a, uh, a cool job. Like I loved doing what I did and I didn't, I didn't want to leave. I yeah. planned on, I was like, this is my career for sure. It was great. I was having fun. (laughs) I bet. Because like state hospitals, you got the homeless thing in there and you just never know what you're going to see. It was exciting. (laughs) I would be like, sign me up to work on the 4th of July because I want to see how many people's hands got blown up. Yeah, right. Like it was exciting. Um, I saw more action at that hospital than I did in the Marine Corps. (laughs) Yeah. I have a friend who was a nurse in Houston, same situation, working in a state hospital. And he has the craziest stories of like literally getting into fights with patients that'll punch him and kick him and having to hold him down and just chaos. I mean, I never had crazy, crazy. I've seen some crazy stuff. Um, I had a mentally ill person like rip my hair, like 
unexpectedly. I went in the room and she just like grabbed and pulled. I'm like, I had uh, short turned hair. turned it white? <laughs> I had short hair. Yeah. I was like, I thought I'd be safe, but no. Um, but just injury wise... Yeah, it's the level one trauma. Mm. I mean, you see everything. Yeah, level one's where it's at. Um, one of the coolest situations um, that I saw was this kid. Um, and I mean, I can share it because he literally, him and his girlfriend have an Instagram page where they talk about their whole story. But I was just there for it. And I follow her because I want to, he's still alive. Against all odds, like he's one of like 26 people in the world that, you know, because there's people that are born without a um, lower body, but he was in a traumatic, um, not a tractor, but a um, forklift accident. It rolled over like the soft dirt gave out underneath him and it rolled over, broke his pelvis beyond repair. And so they slowly started removing his body and then they like they kept as much as they could. But wow, he was 18. And so he's literally just a torso and he's got, he's missing an arm and uh, it was crazy watching him and we would go do x-rays of him and, and check on him that way. And so that one, I will never forget that. No kidding. The only thing I've ever seen like that, I think was Jerry Springer. There was a guy that <laughs> rode a skateboard and would push himself. You remember, you ever see that guy? I feel like that sounds familiar. <laughs> I watched a lot of daytime TV as a kid. But there's a lot of, uh, like, I don't know. I'm going to butcher his name, but Nick Saranto or Saros. I don't know. Something like that. Okay. He's a motivational speaker, and he was, I think he was born like that. Wow. He's got, but there's only, like, of the people that end up having the surgeries to remove their body after they've already lived a life with limbs. Yeah. There's only, like, 26 people in the world that have lived after and so, like, this kid is a miracle. You know, it's yeah. it's it's cool to see. And his girlfriend was there the whole time, and now they're – I don't know if they actually got married or whatnot, but she's, st she's still with him. And wow. so I'm like, it's crazy. It's That is crazy. That's a, a really huge cool... sacrifice for both and to stay together through that. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. I have a lot of questions about that. I, I know. You know. Like, how does all of that work? <sighs> I mean, I, I don't know. We don't have to go into it because neither of us, I assume, know. But, um, okay. <laughs> <clears throat> well, yeah, I know. I'm pretty sure he lost uh, that. Yeah. Um, I, although, like, how do you go to the bathroom? I just, uh, he's just, got a bag. Okay. He's got a bag. Just a colostomy bag now. Yeah. That's hard. Yeah. Better than dead, though. Yeah. Okay, so you stood up for yourself. Yeah. You made a decision, a hard decision, and you left. And did that bring you to Austin? It brought me to Texas. What made you just had you been here? Did you So it's it's a it's a weird it's like a weird story, I guess. So while I was active duty, I don't know why, but all of the Marines I was stationed with at Motor T, they were from Ohio or Texas. Yep. And I'm like I don't know if that's where all the mechanics in the world come from, I guess, but, but Ohio or Texas. Yeah. And so I was like, these Texas, okay, first of all, have you ever met a Marine fresh out of boot camp? 
I know you have. I was one once. So you know how <laughs> annoying we are oh, to yeah. people who are not us? Oh, yeah. We talk like our drill instructors. And I don't know why we adopt that bullshit. It sounds awful. But there's I like a... I handed everyone. Yeah, there's like, like a, a, a six-month <laughs> period where like you're just mimicking the dumb shit that your drill instructor said. Oh, I love when the... Because, well, the women didn't have the frog voice, but the guys always did it. Oh, and yeah. I loved hearing them do that because <laughs> I was like... I just didn't hear it, but it was interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, um, where was I going with that? Why you came to Texas. Yeah, so uh, add Texan into that mix, and that's just one obnoxious person. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because Texans outside of Texas are the most prideful people I've ever met. <laughs> like, they just love That's Texas. fair. That's fair. And I didn't understand that until I lived here. And I'm not from Texas originally, but... Now I'm catch me outside of Texas. I will be one of those annoying people because yeah. I'll be like, "What'd you say about Texas?" I don't even know. I've been here Their for like two country. and a half years. I'm like, I love it more than I love my life. Okay, <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> what is in the water here? So cow piss. It's yeah, possible. <laughs> Very possible. So uh, one of the Marines I was stationed with, actually, he deployed as I was like checking in, but. My roommate in the barracks, which there was like four females in my unit. Three of us lived in the barracks because one was married. Mm. And so uh, she was like friends with uh, his best friend. So we didn't actually know each other, but like we just kept in contact on social media. Sorry, I'm like, I talk with my hands. You're good. I'm not Italian, but (laughs) so uh, we just kept in contact on social media and um, when I had a friend in Washington that did irreverent warriors hikes, have you heard of that? No. Okay. So irreverent warriors was created by Donnie O'Malley. Who's a, I want to say Marine captain. I'm not positive, but, um, he, um, very stereotypical Marine, like pretty boy, like could you're questioning whether or not he's gay or straight. Nobody knows, but he did funny videos back in the day with his, uh, grandma. And I think he actually is Italian. And so there was like funny videos. That's how he started getting big on social media. Okay. So he created, um, he's got Vet TV too. Oh, wow. So uh, I don't know if that's solely him or if he was just a part of it, but uh, Irreverent Warriors is a nonprofit and it's um, hikes in cities near you uh, to build camaraderie. It's only for veterans. So your kids and your spouses can come volunteer, but they cannot hike with us. Like you can't sit with us. It's, yeah, it's right. for um, the shenanigans. Yeah. It's for that. It's like that little time to like re like live and reconnect with people. Um, and I've seen a lot of good come of it. Um, sometimes people party too much and it's just dumb. But a lot of people have reconnected with people from their units um, in other states or just made friends that way in their local community. And it's good to not feel alone. So that's the whole purpose. Yeah. A lot of people travel two different because texas alone has seven hikes throughout the year um because there's so many big cities and it's all spread out um is it in town are they doing rural hikes it's 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 a fancy pub crawl i mean not as many bar stops not as many bar stops um as a pub crawl but there will be a couple, and then people are always putting stuff in their backpacks, even though you're not supposed to, whatever. But So I was picturing like a go-ruck thing no. where you're like hiking the green belt or something. Boots, silkies, and a pack. <laughs> okay. Flags. <Okay>. <laughs> and um, 
Yeah. I mean, you don't have to wear that stuff. I don't sure. wear boots anymore, primarily because mine were stolen, but they're also terribly uncomfortable to yeah. h- hike in, even on a walk in the street. Like, but it's about 13 miles, give or take. Like, it's a long, it's a day thing. 20K, right? Yeah. It's, um, well, the uh, the goal was to have it be 22 kilometers. Okay. For the 22 a day that commit oh. suicide. That was like kind of the goal. It's whoever organizes it does it according to their city map, but it is through town because it's to build awareness. Sure. Not just for other vets that haven't participated about in it, but just for is people. Is this like 20, 30 guys or like 300 people they have to it get a permit for? On, uh, there's permits. Oh, we get right. recess courts. Wow. They'll, they'll get Humvees from the local bases to like follow for, like for a fallout truck. Wow. Um, a it's fallout a lot of, truck. Yeah. Or like volunteers. I mean, we've had guys in wheelchairs um, come with. Well, they're and just rolling. So, What's the hard well, part for them? In Seattle, rolling uphill oh, manu- I guess, manually. Yeah, was... Somebody hold me back. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, because they're stubborn. They're like, I can do it. I can yeah, do it. And right. I'm like, all right, we're just going to stand behind you just in case. Watch you roll back down the hill. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of these guys don't do any activity except sure. for this one hike a year. So, yeah, there's a there's a fallout trip. But there's plenty of stops. Like, it's not designed to break you. Yeah. Um. But so I uh, made friends with an old Marine, uh, and I say old. He's probably in his, like, 40s, but he acts like he's 100. We call him Old Man Rivers. Okay. He just, like, every time he would hike, he'd be like, my hips, <laughs> my back. We're like, dude, you're not even that old. Yeah. <laughs> you're not overweight. Like, Marine Corps has a way of doing that to you. <laughs> and so he's like, hey, let's go do, um, let's go do a hike somewhere else. Like, let's go to one of the other states. Like, let's just go buddy up and go go somewhere. He's like, where do you want to go? These are the ones I'm interested in. And I was like, Fort Worth, Texas. Let's go. And I'm like, let me see what all the hype is about. Yeah. All these Marines I've known forever. Um, talking about Texas. I had a guy that he would not say the word Texas. He only said, it's Tejas. And I, he would do that to you. Like, all serious. I'm like, okay. <laughs> but was I'm he like, Hispanic? No. He oh, okay. was a really tall white dude. Wow. He was, like, like, creepy. Like, one of those dudes where, like, you'd run into him and you'd bounce back and hit the ground. Yeah. <laughs> He's just a big boy. Um, and so, um, planned the trip with Old Man Rivers to Fort Worth. Uh, that was in November of 2020. And so, uh, he ended up canceling on me last minute. And, uh, he's a construction guy. He's like, I got to work. Sorry. And yeah. I was like, cool. I already got my, bought my flight. I was like, I'm going. I hops down here have senior citizen discounts. They <laughs> didn't tell have. him that. Yeah. I'll let him know. Um, so I, what'd you think of Fort Worth? I decided to go anyway by yeah. myself, which, um, I had kind of fallen out of doing, like doing things alone like that used to not be a big deal for me. And then I don't know, there was somewhere in the middle where I was like, uncomfortable. <laughs> and uh um, it's not as much fun to do something alone no matter what it is i don't know i disagree sometimes it really can be i can be uh someone very different alone versus when i bring a friend sure. i've actually done some events recently where uh, my friends are like oh that sounds so cool i'm like you're not allowed to come and they're <laughs> like what and i'm like because i'm gonna feel weird with you there yeah this is my thing Get I, out I have i've like been like i'm sorry i love you but no and so i'm a solo pooper that's my preference but other than that i <laughs> I usually find it, it's more fun if I have a friend, but, but I understand what you're saying. Situational. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Um, it's, um, 
It can, it, yeah, it just depends on what it is. It can be uncomfortable to do. Um, I just skydove, skydove, I skydove. I did skydiving this year on my birthday. For real or for in the, the tunnel? For real. How was that? Um, it I've was okay. I've never done it. It's okay. All um, right. I don't feel the need to do it again. <laughs> okay. But I did it. <laughs> yeah. And um, the only reason I really did it, I had never been like, oh, it's on my bucket list. Um, I had never wanted to do it. But I didn't like that I was invited by two people in the last, like, six months. Mm. And my first response was, no. <laughs> no. Yeah. And I was like, oh, is that fear talking? And I'm like, no, I'm not going to let that win. So I'm going to do it just to say that I've done it. Okay. Um, but you know who I did it with? Who? Not one of my best friends. Not someone who's done it before. I did it with a 70-year-old woman who had always wanted to do it and needed someone to go with her. I met her in the Chamber of Commerce. Wow. And her son, who is a Marine in California, active duty, always wanted to go with her and was never able to make it work uh, time-wise. So I hope he's not mad at me <laughs> for taking his mom skydiving. But uh, That's cool. But I went with this woman that I barely knew her. And it was more comfortable for me to do it with her yeah. than I, I would not have wanted to do it with a friend. And so sometimes situations are... Yeah. Yeah. Share a moment with a stranger. Yeah. That's cool. Well, now her and I are bonded forever. Absolutely. <laughs> How yeah. did she like it? She loved it. She doing it again? She said she would go with her son again. That's cool. Now, I'm, I won't not go, but... Um, You're going to seek it out. I'm not going to seek it out. Yeah. I'm like, I've done it. I mean, it's not... I don't... What I didn't like was the free-falling part. The wind is, like, <laughs> in your mouth. You cannot breathe. Really? And it's like... Um, Just because it's so strong, it's you can't so, like, put your like, head out the window. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so once you're falling, great. I'll do that all the time. If I don't have to free fall as um, much... Um, what do you mean once you're falling? You mean once you've so deployed like you've, the parachute yes. and you're kind of gliding down? Yes, it's just very relaxing cool. and Landing quiet. was cool. Okay. Spinning was cool. Like, that was all fun. Were you tandem? Yeah, you have to... Well, yeah, I think you have to be. I think so, the first yeah. time. It's in San Marcos. It was good. I mean, I had a, um, I had a great videographer, Yoshi. So there's proof. <laughs> yeah, he was cool. I was like, he said he started doing it when he was like 16, and he, he's like, I can't stop. Wow. And I was like, see, I don't feel that way about it. And that's I have fine. friends that are that way. They base jump. They they like go out through their life looking for high things to jump off of. Yeah. See, I like going fast in a car. Oh uh -huh. Like I could see myself driving like on the autobahn or doing NASCAR or something like mm. that. Um. But, yeah, I don't feel – I just don't like the breathing part. Yeah. If I could breathe normally <laughs> and free fall, I'd probably be fine with it. Okay. So if I could teach myself how to breathe, maybe. Yeah. There's got to be a technique or something. Surely people figure out how to breathe while they're falling. Well, or is it just such a short amount of time that you're just like, ah? Probably. Until you, until I mean, I was scared. Yeah. And so, um, you know. But also, I still plug my nose when I dive underwater. Oh, really? So I'm not very good at, like – Breathing like through my nose. You don't scuba, huh? I got scuba certified. Really? I hated every second of it. I don't. Why like did you hate it? <laughs> Listen, one thing about me is I do things I don't like doing just yeah. to challenge myself. That's like a thing. Um, I don't like being underwater. That's why I have this. It's Poseidon's trident on my middle finger. Because fuck the water. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but also, like, mad respect because it can kill you. Yeah. Um, I'm like, I don't, I'm so uncomfortable being in the water. 
So you got your scuba certification, though. I never went after I got certified. I was like, nope, that was cool. You got to go somewhere. Mm-hmm. It's I don't the- even want to snorkel. I'll be on the boat, maybe on land, watching you scuba. There you go. All right. I'm fine with that. That's fair. I'll go ride an ATV in the jungle. That sounds fun to me. You do Naked and Afraid? No. <laughs> it's the bugs and the eating. Yeah. That part wasn't fun. No, you've told me about that. I don't want to do that. Yeah, that sucked. <laughs> oh, no, I'm good. That sucked. <laughs> All right, so you've you've dabbled in some some skydiving. That's exciting. You, yeah. You conquered that fear. Scuba, you conquered that fear. Told yeah. it to fuck off. Yeah. I don't know how where we were. We were talking about something, and we got. Uh, you coming to Texas and oh yeah, and Texas. Fort Worth and and doing these hikes. So Fort Worth was amazing. Really. I fell in love. Mm-hmm. And with what? Texas. Okay. It like I had stars in my eyes. <laughs> it was so good. Um I mean, first of all, it was November, so the weather was great. Yeah. yeah. Um everybody was so nice. I went to a random gym and the owner just happened to be there, him and his wife. And um it was the Metroflex, the castle up in Fort Worth. Okay. And he was like joking. He's like, so when are you moving? And I'm like, I'm not moving. I'm just visiting. Because I kind of told him. And he's like, when are you moving? And I was like, I'm not moving to Texas. And he's like, when you do, I'll get the whole powerlifting like, gang and we'll unload your truck for you. And I was like, okay, but I'm not moving. <laughs> I'm moving to Austin, by the way. You guys coming down? <laughs> so um, I went home um, after that hike and I missed it. I was like, I, I, that's where I belong. I need to, I need to move there. And I was here in April. So it was, yeah, it was, um, what is that? Six months. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's cool. Um, did you move to Fort Worth or did you just come straight to Austin? I moved to Georgetown. Yeah. Georgetown. Okay. Yeah. Well, how did you settle on that? Uh, needed a coffee shop. (laughs) A lot of Texas needs coffee shops. (laughs) It's, It's, it's bad. Um, I, uh, think that the, I was debating between Fort Worth and Austin area Yeah. and I had no like real reason for any of them. Right. And so I was like looking at hospital jobs because I was going to transfer as an x-ray tech to get started. And honestly, I went to a gym in Georgetown and I liked the square, which now I know that all squares look the same. So yes. Uh, you know, the joke's on me. I'm That's like, a good... I don't know that I've ever thought about that. Every small town Texas has a square, and every one of them looks just like that. You know how many times I drive through? I'm like, have I been here before? I'm like, yeah. no, don't just let it trick square. you. Don't let it trick you. It looks the same. Yeah. yeah. So um, that was kind of it. Like, I went to Round Rock, and I'm not going to lie, I immediately hated it. Mm. Um, I just didn't like the... I still don't like going there. I don't think Round Rock has a square. No, there's this more like it, they got that weird water tower thing. Yeah. And there's this more like a L or yeah. like a whatever. Or it's a, a strange a little town. <laughs> it's a main street. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I don't, I don't know. It doesn't have the same feel. Georgetown feels like its own town. Round Rock feels like a place you just pass through. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. And I looked into like Cedar Park too, but I'm like, I am too young and single to live here. <laughs> 
So I'm like, I can't. Like, I don't have children yeah. or a husband to like move into my cute little house in Cedar Park. That's just yeah, what the vibe that's is. That's Cedar Park. You're right. It's suburban. Yeah. Yeah. It's a cool place, but mm-hmm. um, yeah. So that's that's really it. Okay. So did you find a hospital to work at? I did in Round Rock. <laughs> But I was working at St. David's, um, and I worked there for a year, and um, and it was good. The people were good. Uh, I didn't have to live there, so it was fine. They didn't give you shit about the COVID vaccine? Well, that's why I left. Oh. So when I first moved here, it was fine. And it was actually so cool. Like, the first six months that I was here, um, do you remember how I got hired as the assistant range master for my Marine Corps clout? Yeah. Well, I got hired at this hospital because of my Harborview clout. Okay. And I was like, they're all the surgeons. Okay. We're like, you worked at Harborview. They're like, do you know this surgeon? Do you know that? And I was like, yeah, I used to work with them. And they're like, okay, we want you in my room. Like, that's cool. They were requesting me and I'm like the brand new x-ray tech. I like, I felt like my ego was so huge there. It was great. Um, and I had a lot of fun and it wasn't nearly as stressful. I think it's only like a level. I don't know if it's a level two, it's two, three, somewhere in there, but yeah. There's a big jump between two and one. For sure. Um, just, uh, I mean, for those that don't know, like a level one, you have to have every single type of emergency doctor and um, operational capability on staff or on call at all times. And so if they don't have the money for it, they just, they can't do it. So you won't get a lot of traumas there. Yeah. Um, but I saw some cool stuff at that hospital as well. Um, met some good people. Um, actually, the staff really defended me. Um, even though they disagreed with me, even though they were, they got the vax to keep their job. Um, a lot of them were like, this is stupid. You shouldn't have to do that. And they were like fighting for me, which I was like, where am I? <laughs> like, I was like Texas. Okay. And so, um, there's a rebellious spirit in this state for sure. Yeah. 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 And, um, it was just nice for a change to actually like, feel like I had people have my back. Yeah. Cause in, I mean, I didn't even get into it, but Washington, like the people at the hospital, I mean, between the election stuff and then the COVID stuff, um, they just hated anyone that was against what their beliefs were. And when I say hate, it was hate here. It's like, ah, I think you're dumb and I think you're wrong, but do whatever, you know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? It's totally yeah. different yeah. vibe, but yeah. there it's like, you should die. Yeah. And I'm like, That's- Okay. I spent a lot of time by myself sitting in an x-ray room because I didn't want to be around the people that I worked with who six months prior to all the crazy were my friends. That's and so sad. it was, it was a weird, weird time. And so I was very excited to get out. Um, so yeah, I worked there for a year and, um, it was just this last year, which is what, 2022, they were like, okay, well, you don't have to get vaccinated, but you're going to have to wear an N95 mask. All day, every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. We're already wearing these stupid paper ones that literally on the box say does not prevent against COVID-19. It says it on the box. Um, I think there was just a need to do something. Sure. They didn't know what to do. So let's do something that gives a visual that we did something. Yeah. Regardless of whether it made any sense or not. Yeah, it was just, it was really frustrating being on the inside of a, of the healthcare system because we know better. Mm-hmm. We know that it doesn't work. Why are you pretending it does? And so it was really frustrating to watch my peers and doctors yeah. read something and then do the complete opposite. And I'm like, are you stupid? 
like what is the purpose it was it was um it was challenging for sure yeah so I told them no, and they were like, okay, well, if you keep showing up without wearing it, we're going to give you three write-ups and you'll be fired. And I was like, okay. And I was at that point, I was like, I already, like you said, like saw the writing in the wall. Like I wasn't going to be doing this forever. Did you make right? them fire you? Um, they, so I was going to. Yeah. After my, what would have been my second write-up after I showed up that day. Um, and mind you, I was having these conversations in my manager's office, both of us without a mask on. So it's like, they clearly like don't believe in it or think they're not scared of me or, you know, worried. It's just for show. Yeah. Uh, the, is it the CEO of the hospital would like walk around and like, he'd have his mask off and I'm like, what are we doing? <laughs> like, So it's idiocracy. Eh, yeah. Have you watched that movie recently? Oh yeah. <laughs> it's a documentary now. <laughs> yeah, it's That's been true. promoted. Yeah. That's true. We do have Crocs. I have Crocs. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, I guess I was not the only person that was like, this is stupid because uh, not only do people not want to wear um, a mask you can't breathe out of that you're not supposed to wear for that long daily, but it looked different than the ones that our peers were going to wear when they went into like a uh, you know, um, a room where you actually need to wear it. Mm. Um, like a surgical room. No, not, you don't even wear those. In a, I'm talking about someone who has been proven to have okay. like, um, COVID. No, not necessarily. Well, yeah, either COVID, but like, what am I thinking? Uh, I don't even know the names of anything. I like, as soon as I left, I'm like deleting information from my brain. That's okay. Um, but anyway, uh, they looked different. And so a lot of nurses I heard throughout the whole hospital were causing a stink. They're like, so you're asking us to wear a scarlet letter that is now going to tell everyone around us what our vaccination status is. And they're like, that's not okay. And so they stopped it. But at this point in time, I was like already, I was like, I'm already done. Like you guys, and I didn't want to keep working for uh, an industry that was like, Am I going to go in and get fired today for some stupid new change? Like I was just done. And so um, as soon as they did that, I was kind of planning my out. And so although they didn't um, fire me uh, like they were threatening, I I ended up leaving anyway. So my last day was Memorial Day last year. Yeah. Did you have a plan? Not really. (laughs) Not really. I mean, I was like... uh, trying as best I could to like have shit sorted. But like, luckily, um, you know, they, they gave me like a sign on bonus when I moved down and when they were going to fire me, I was like, Oh, they're going to take my bonus back. Mm -hmm. I luckily had it stashed in a savings account. They're like, you can keep your bonus. Um, I was going to anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I stayed over the years. So technically I could have, but had they fired me, it would have like, I don't know. They were like, yeah. they were like trying to, anyway, so I got to keep that, which was good. Cause that was a little cushion. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I had planned to start my coffee company. Um, but as you may or may not know, it takes a while to actually make profit off of business. So, yes. <laughs> um, yes. although I had a plan, uh, it wasn't necessarily like set in stone how I was going to live moving forward. So that I'm just kind of winging still. <laughs> We all are. We're I mean, all winging it. Honestly, I keep thinking about that. And I'm like, 
how is this different? Like, I may not know where my money's going to come from, but I can figure that out. But I do know that I'm happier not working for someone else doing stupid shit and worrying about stuff like that and stressing myself out daily. So I think that's a fair trade. Absolutely. And yeah. And when when it's your own grind, like I've seen it with with the podcast. I don't mind working when it's mine. Yeah. When it's when it's something that I'm representing or it's meaningful to me and I have, mm-hmm. you know, this sense of pride about its its you know, quality and its production. Yeah. But when I'm working for somebody else, it, it it's not as it's not as powerful. Yeah. It's more like, okay, yeah, it's when ten hours or twenty if I work two more hours, that's Fifteen bucks an hour. I don't know that I want to work for fifteen bucks an hour. Yeah. You know, it makes you kind of start to go down that pathway. But when it's yours, you're just grinding because you have the vision mm-hmm. and whatever it takes to get you to that vision. Yep. What was your vision, and how are you getting there? Oh, now we're going into like business planning and stuff. Oh god. Um, okay, so my goal was to never have uh, a brick and mortar. Like okay. I don't. So when I was, you know, in my twenties, I was like, oh, I want to drive through coffee stand. And then I was like, I don't want that because I don't know that I want to stay in this city yeah. forever. And I don't want to be tied to a space. Um, I don't want, I like, I, now that I have felt someone try to take my freedom, I crave it more. I feel Welcome like. Welcome to Texas. I know. I'm just <laughs> like, yeehaw, motherfucker. So, um, I, <laughs> I uh, I just want to build something that I can do from anywhere mm. or that I can teach others how to do. And so at some point I can teach someone how to roast my coffee and I can manage it from wherever I am. Um, that's what I plan to do. And so I want it to be to keep its integrity along the way. Um, and, you know the things that my, my values, like I want those to stay in alignment, but I'm also keeping an open mind to wherever it takes me. And so I believe that everyone we meet has like a reason and purpose in our life. And it's like, whether or not we see that and connect those dots. And so it's, it's cool because I've met some people and I'm like, I think I'm supposed to know you. I'm supposed to, we're supposed to talk more and like, let's see where this goes and what kind of things develop. I don't, I don't want to trap myself in a box of where it's going to go. Like I have ideas, but maybe I'm playing small, right? Like maybe I don't know where it's supposed to go and I won't know until I'm further along. And so that's just kind of. What did you call it? What is your. Uh, My coffee is called hard charger coffee. Nice. Yeah. All the Marines are like, yeah. And actually (laughs) a lot of army and cops have used and uh, known that phrase as well. Or that name. Hard charger. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Hard charger. I don't know which camera I'm looking you at. Got <laughs> but, any of them work, I think. Yeah. Um, I have four rows and I ship everywhere, which is cool. Um, Where do you source your beans from? I have six different countries out of a, I get them from a wholesaler in Tomball, which is outside of Houston. Wow. And so I. Can you tell the difference in the, in the geographical origin when you're, when you're roasting it? I can tell the difference by. Looking at the raw green beans, like they look different in color okay. and size. Um, Man, that smell, smells good. Like you just grabbed the bag and now I smell the coffee. It's fresh roasted. Wow. The thing about grocery stores is you don't know how long the coffee's been on the shelf. Coffee, if it's in a sealed bag in whole bean form, can be good for six months to a year. When it's ground, it's less 
Yeah. Because the gases are escaping faster during that grinding process. Um, so what if your coffee is about to expire and you buy it at the grocery store and it's like on the edge? Yeah. I don't want my coffee in stores because of that reason. Mm. So I fresh roast it for people. Um, and I don't recommend buying in bulk unless you have a lot of people drink consuming it or unless you know that it's been roasted fresh. Because then it bulk can last you six months. And Do you, know you ship it ground already or in whole bean form? Which Whichever you know. people prefer. I bought an industrial grinder, so I can do it for people. Wow. Um, whereas a lot of people just buy like those home grinders. Like those, what boggles my mind is, you know, the further you get into like something um, where you learn about. rabbit hole. Well, but it's like, to me, it seems so common sense. And then I'm like, oh, no, no, the average person doesn't know this. And so I'm just like, huh, people think that ground coffee means one thing. When in reality, when you grind a coffee for a different type of brewing system, it needs to be ground differently. Really? I people don't know that. that. So like if you're going to make cold brew, if you're going to make French press, if you're going to um, refill a K-cup or use just a traditional um, drip pot, they all are different levels of coarseness. Okay. Now, you may or may not notice a difference, but there will be a difference in flavor if the water to coffee ratio isn't the same. Mm. And so if you're going to grind at home, which is the best way to do it, you should get one of the grinders that you can adjust to what kind of brewer you have. Okay. That's good to know. Yeah. Um, and the reason I say brew it at home or, or grind it at home is because it'll last, it'll stay fresher longer. Mm. So... Uh, part of the thing, part of the reason why I want to do this business is I want to teach people about coffee too. You know, like everyone's like, oh, it's organic. And it's like, okay, <laughs> tell me more. Um, most, uh, yeah, like farmers are not in America. So most of their coffee is organic because they don't use the chemicals like we do in our food. Mm. And it's like, People can stamp. Oh, so this is gluten-free coffee. <laughs> it's like it sounds, free range coffee beans. Free range. It sounds cooler, <laughs> but it doesn't necessarily mean yeah. You know what you it's think? It's a marketing. It is label now. Hundred percent. Yeah. So, but it's been fun. I've learned a lot. I mean, I taught myself how to roast in my garage. How did you teach yourself that? YouTube. YouTube's great, isn't it? Right. I don't know what we did as kids without that shit. <sighs> kids now don't, don't even realize how good they have it. I, I remember know. trying to go to the library to find things that I was interested in that didn't exist. And now it, you can just YouTube literally anything. Yeah. It's really cool. I mean, uh, I don't know what your thoughts are on Elon Musk, but he's like, got He's like, you don't Is he going to buy YouTube? I hope he does. He's like, you don't even need uh, college anymore. Yeah, no, he's like, you can teach yourself anything on YouTube. And I took that to heart and I was like, okay. It's true. It's absolutely I mean, true. You probably watch absolutely. open heart surgery on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. You can learn a lot of stuff on YouTube. I mean, I think people should spend more time watching educational videos on YouTube versus mindlessly scrolling on social media. Yeah, for sure. For sure. It's tough. Like our, my kid loves YouTube mm -hmm. and it's like, oh, we don't want him on screens because it, it does affect his behavior and like the stimulus. Yeah. It like builds him up and it takes us like a day to detox his ass from an yeah. hour of YouTube. Oy. But as well as how you use it. Yeah. Right. Are we are we watching these ding, 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 ding videos where it's just like almost every two seconds there's some other stimuli hitting him? Yeah. Or is it like an instructional thing that's a little bit more slow and a little more methodical mm -hmm. that is forcing him to keep his attention but on a topic that he likes? Yeah. Um, it's tricky. How you use it, right? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, personally, uh, 
every time I've ever had a break from my phone or social media, I always feel so much better. Yeah. And I mean, I remember one day my Instagram wasn't working for like two days. Like it wouldn't, uh, it was like, you know how apps just like go, they just shut down. Yeah. And at first I was like, oh, this is so irritating. I like tried to reinstall it. I tried all these things. Turn and I was your phone like, off, back on again. I, I did all the Shake things. Shake it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I was like, whatever. I'm just yeah. going to do something else. And I like taught myself how to make something that day. I like went, I went to a bead store and I made a mala. What the know. hell is a mala? A mala is a, is a meditation necklace okay. made with specific stones to whatever it is you're like seeking to like, you know, if you want to feel protected or if you want to, um, like Jade, you want money coming into you. Okay. Um, so you pick stones and you, there's a way to do it. And I bought all the things. And I bought the weeds and I picked it out and I made a freaking mala. I made this necklace from a jewelry, like out of pieces. I'm like, okay, so two days without internet and I'm like. Over here making shit. Right? And I just felt so good and these creative juices were flowing. And I'm like, why can't I do that? Like, why why don't I choose to do that more? Knowing. It's like we know better and we still don't. Yeah. It's crazy. It's a good point. I don't know. Do you do a lot of meditation? Um, I want to, (laughs) um, honestly, I got, I've been wearing my mala to sleep because I'm normally a really good sleeper, Mm. but, um, lately, uh, so the mala, the idea is there's, um, 108 beads and I might be messing that number up, but, um, you're supposed to count them. And so the idea of counting it is supposed to okay. distract you from your other thoughts because you're focusing on the counting. Sure. And so um, I got I, I wanted to make one to help myself because um, I'm learning more about it, but it's it's a hard practice yeah. to to get into. Yeah. And you know I'm learning the difference between like um, actual meditation versus like mindfulness and those being like thought of as two different things Mm. because some people believe that meditation does not mean sitting there without allowing thoughts to come into your mind some people think that you're supposed to allow the thoughts in and process them and mindfulness is targeting your thoughts on one thing which could be nothing yeah um which is what monks do. We're not monks. No, <laughs> so it's not. like um, meditation could be focused on like thinking about one specific thing, you know? So when I wear my necklace at night, I'll like, I'll touch it and I'm like, I want to sleep and I want to wake up feeling rested and set an intention. Yeah. And so it kind of like brings peace and calmness. And so does it work? I think so. Okay. I've tried some meditation. Uh, I'm still trying. I forget to do it and then I don't have the habit. Yeah. And the time that I seem to like doing it the most is right at sunup. Mm-hmm. Um, but that requires me to get up before sunup. And, and that's a challenge too. Yeah. Um, but it, I don't think I do so much mindfulness as try to to do nothing mm-hmm. and and just like breathe and focus. It helps me to have a guided because I can't do it without the guided yet. Yeah. Like telling me to breathe in and breathe out or maybe I'll forget. I don't know. But yeah. I mean, I It agree. does feel good though. When you hit that, like, it's almost like a daydream type of state where you're... You get high off breathing. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. It's and then crazy. I feel this tranquil kind yeah. of euphoria. I'm like, oh yeah, that felt great. Now, have you done breathwork classes? 
Wim Hof stuff I've played with, but that's all. Have you done breath work? Yeah. What is that like? Uh, I mean, honestly, breath work is uh, like, I think you have to have the right person doing it, um, like the right coach sure. or guide, but um, it's it's like Wim Hof, but not as in- aggressive, I guess, because he's just like, <gasps> not as Austrian. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, okay. there are no breaks. <laughs> <laughs> um, I get a like a hyperventilated high when I do the Wim Hof it's for the sure. Same concept. For sure. So this, you know, the types that I've done, you're laying um, on your back in a room, there's music and lights going, the mood is set. Mm. And um, you're doing a belly breath and then a chest breath and then pushing it all out through your mouth. Okay. And there's different forms, but that's the kind that I've done that's worked really well. Okay. You get so, um, what's it called when you don't have oxygen in your body? Hypoxic. Yes. You get, uh, you get cramps in your hands. Oh. My, um, my face will like start to get tingly. Um, it's crazy, but it feels, uh, you're literally high yeah. off of breathing. The breathing it's, technique. Um, but it can lead to a somatic release, which is something I think we all need more of. And so tell me what that is. Now I'm not the best, but I'm still learning about this. So bear with me, but Y'all have Google. Look it up. (laughs) Google it. Uh, I will um, just tell you about my last experience and then you can kind of define it from that. Yeah. But um, I was at a women's retreat. There was about, there was 10 women um, and the woman that led it and then the breathwork woman who I'm actually going to see again in about a week and a half. Uh, She's all the way up and I'm doing a 12 hour drive to St. Louis to go see her again because she was that good. Wow. And so we're laying on the ground and... You, she kind of guides you through like things that she, maybe she wants you to think about or, or she's walking around watching. So she knows what we're going through and like what we're feeling. And the the songs are like meant for this. It's crazy. And so there was a point in time, uh, and she also does Reiki. There was a point in time, which like energy okay. work with their hands, um, by touching your body. Mm. And there was a point in time where I was like thinking of something and it's almost making me emotional right now. She, I swear to God, she put her hand on my shoulder just lightly and I cried so hard. It was like I needed it to come out. Wow. It was crazy. I wasn't, I like, I was fighting it. Mm-hmm. And then she touched my shoulder and I was like, oh. Just okay. melted. Yeah. That's awesome. And so I'm actually taking my kid and my friend up to go see her. We're going to do it together in about a week and a half. Wow. Because um, I, I want to go back and I want them to experience it. Because I'm like, it's better than counseling. It's better than anything I've done. It's very cool. Again, I've done it. I've done it like at yoga studios where they're like, oh, yeah, we'll do breath work. It's not, not like necessarily that. the same. Yeah. This woman is, when you walk up to this woman, you can feel her energy. I'm familiar. Yeah. I, I've done my own kind of retreat with people that are like that, where you're like, yeah. these are angels. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't know what, what voodoo y'all have, but. You just feel safe. Yeah. Around them. Yeah. Like, you feel like their energy around their body is literally hugging you. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, oh, I can relax. I can breathe. Yeah. And I'm familiar with the belly and then the chest and the blow it out. And I forget what it's called too. Um, yeah. We did I don't know. it. There's at, so many different at that techniques. retreat I went to as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so how long was that retreat? That was a weekend. Okay, so two days. Yeah. And 
you're just there's no medications. You're just no. doing breath work yeah. and well, like some yoga, group talk. No, I mean like the breath that. work was just part of it. We did, we had a like a sound bath. Um, yeah, a woman that came in another time. Uh, we did like a fire and ice event. Uh, what which was is, the fire which and is, ice? Uh, sauna and then ice bath back nice. to back. Um, and then a lot of it was like I mean, she the woman that she gave us journals and she had a journal at the end of the day, like to process things. So I was like, okay, that's more helpful than I thought it would be writing yeah. down. Yeah. <laughs> like organize your thoughts. I mean, right. Yeah. 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 Get them down. Yeah. That's awesome. I feel like the more they just stay trapped in your head, it's just exhausting. Yeah. And overwhelming. Yes. I can't get them out unless I write them down, organize them and make sense of them. And then I seem to be able to get rid of them and, and put yeah. them away. Um, Honestly, um, I had someone teach me this thing uh, just called like a brain dump. Hmm. Um, I don't know if you know who Rob Bailey is. Uh, he's um, got a company called Flag Nor Fail with his wife. They're like in the bodybuilding space. Okay. But um, they, I did a breathwork class at one of their events that I went to in Montana um, a couple of years ago. And it was equally good by this guy that learned about it in like Mexico or something and All right. had a, had a release there as well. Um, but he was talking about brain dumps and he's like, you have to be moving your body, like go on a, a 10 minute walk and just, he's like, you can record it into like your voice memo or something, but honestly just saying it out loud, uh, you know, I need to do my laundry today. Um, I forgot milk at the grocery store. Um, I need to send these orders out. I need to buy stamps. Like just saying anything that comes to your mind. Like I felt like crap when this person said this to me yesterday. Like anything that's still lingering in your head, even the stupid little things, if you just say them out loud, I was like, how, why is that so helpful? No one's even listening to me. Yeah. If I'm like, I'm not telling a friend. I was just telling myself and it felt so good to just speak it. Bitch out loud. Yeah. Well, I was like, <laughs> I had to have my headphones on. I No music. Yeah. But I wanted people to think I was on the phone because I didn't want people to think I was crazy just like walking down the street talking to myself. <laughs> but um, that was really helpful. Same kind of concept as journaling. It's just verbal. Yeah. So whatever works for you. So how did you find this? And, and is this what you're doing to kind of help you with this transition to civilian life through career to career? Like we've all build all this shit up, right? And then either melt down or break down and, and when it just hits us. But if we could take control over that and do sorts of things like this retreat, yeah. do some breath work, find a, find a community that yeah. helps you release that shit on purpose so that it doesn't catch up. Yeah, I mean, I think that none of us know what the hell we're doing or how to make it better, yeah. but I want to try as many things as I can and not just like, I don't want to just wait. Mm -hmm. It's almost weird. You said the word control and that's like, it's a really hard word for me because I am like very type A mm. and I want to control everything. And so my thing is almost opposite. It's like, I want to learn to let, let things happen. And yeah, let it go. Yeah. And just let it be and not freak out. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, ugh, very uncomfortable. Just try <laughs> <So>. psilocybin. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> we'll talk more about that later, uh, yeah. why that doesn't. We've already had the conversation. I'm just giving you shit. Yeah. <clears throat> Actually, my friend is doing some research on why or how to help someone like me that is 
like won't because I heard on a podcast this morning that psilocybin is the reason why it's supposed to work so well is for um it shuts down the part of your brain that um puts you into an alert so that way you can mm. process the things that are there oh, without yeah. having your body respond in like the fight or flight yeah so it's supposed to block those receptors I don't, that, this was like a doctor that was being interviewed on a podcast, so I don't know. Having but, done it many times, I can tell you that that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Because it, like my ability to think and process and, and just have things come to me, it's almost like it just happens. Yeah. And, and maybe that is how that's working. Well, let me tell you, uh, I have high security bodyguards in front of my receptors that don't allow blockage. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's the case. Yeah. They're like, not around here, Pana. <laughs> like not around here. <laughs> so it's like Well it sounds uh, like you found what's working for you. That retreat, well, the sound yeah. bath, the breath work, which is everything that we do at the one that I go to, um, yeah. just minus the medicine. Yeah. And so if that's working, I think that we all are different. Yeah. And just find what works. Had I known about this when I got out of the Marine Corps? Oh, man. Right? Like, we had a guy that I think I'm going to have him on the podcast in his 70s that was a, a Cobra pilot in Vietnam. Yeah. And for 52 years felt like there was this monster in him mm. that tainted anything good he ever did. Yeah. And he was finally able to put that down and put that away and be like, you know what? The, the past doesn't exist. Hmm. Only right now, I am not that person, right. but I have learned from that person. And I really am a good father and a good husband and a good friend. Oh, and that's hard. How yeah, do you do it? He was at the retreat with me okay. and he was terrified. Um, yeah. But he he participated in the psilocybin. I love and that. when he came out of that, it took him some time to process it. But I went and met with him a little bit later and he was a changed person. Hmm. Just he said he had jumped out of bed and and like was giddy. Ah. It's like I I felt like a child again, <laughs> and I I don't even know why. But he took off that pack he was he carrying did. for years. A fifty year old pack. He was able to set it down, That's and nuts. you know it was beautiful, absolutely beautiful. That's very cool. And whatever it is, I think we need to be aware of that. It, it needs to be done with intention, and we need to pursue our mental health with intention in that way. Yeah, and, and learn to put our shit down. I think honestly, like everyone is struggling with that is oh, yeah. we need to redefine what purpose in our lives is. Mm. And like, as we grow in it, as it changes and purpose is not making a ton of money and yeah. being successful in a job. Like that's, you're not going to be proud of yourself mm. for that when you die. Yeah. Like how do you get past that? And obviously you still need to have money for living in this. We do live in America. Um, you have to in the grind, world. Yeah. yeah, you got to do it, <clears throat> but it's not, it's not everything. Mm -hmm. And so I think so many people, I think, you know, everybody's dealing with that in their own way. I don't know. I think that people just get caught up in that and they're just, they feel like they're trapped. It gets consuming because there's so many things. There's yeah. social media, there's work, there's colleagues, there's family, there's bills, there's, and it's hard to, to, get all of that to go away and turn that off and to have control over it. And then remember, this is what I really need to make time for now. Yeah. Uh, as a father, it's, it's my son mm -hmm. and I struggle every day to make that time. But I, I try to 
to be present in moments when he wants to play and just do whatever he's wanting to do. Yeah. It it might not be fun for me, but it's not for me. (laughs) Right. Right. It's for him. Yeah. And those core memories. Yeah. And and that was what that retreat really showed me was that I'm getting consumed in all the noise of my life and it's there. I can't make it go away because we still have to grind. I still have to have a job. I still have to, you know, support my family somehow, Mm -hmm. but I can have intention with it. And put my hand on that and decide when it's on and when it's off. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's not going to get any easier. Like, like, I feel like I was talking to a friend a while ago and we were just like, I thought life would kind of like get mellow. easier. Yeah. And it's like, okay, so life in general, base gets harder. We get better at managing it, but it's continuously getting harder at a faster speed. But then also we have everything outside like the media and all of these things and all like, I feel like for the first time in my life, I've been having anxiety attacks. I've been having panic attacks. I'm like, what the, I mean, I know I'm type A, like very controlled, but I've never been panicky. Like, cause I'm, I'm like, I got this. And I'm like, I am in a constant physical state of like fear, paranoia, like crazy because of everything that I read and see on the internet. And I'm like, dude, it's it's so hard because we're already trying to manage everything that's in our life and they add that. It's like I can't imagine how someone who was already anxious mm. has felt the last few years because I was never like that. Yeah. And it's impacted me. And so I can imagine those people are way, way higher stressed. Yeah. People can't go to work, can't keep jobs. They're afraid of everything. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm sure. Absolutely. And then had you stayed in a place like Seattle? Oh, or, yeah. or with those people and in that yeah. community and not been able to, yeah, this isn't for me. I'm moving on. I was stressed out going to the grocery store <sighs> because I would go in without a mask on and I would get yelled at by strangers. I started going to pick Can't up. Can't be that afraid. You're standing right in front of me. <laughs> I mean, I, I didn't, it didn't stop me, but I was like, I don't need to be I, like, I wouldn't, before I would leave my house, it was, I could feel it. Yeah. And it's like, it's not that I give a shit that I'm getting yelled at by like a 17 year old kid that works at Safeway right. <laughs> stocking shelves. Like, I don't give a shit what you think, dumbass. Like, yeah. but it was like, nobody wants to ha- invite this conflict, conflict into, yeah. and, and, you know, chaos into their life. And so I'm like, this is for my groceries to feed me and my kid. Like what? Why, why is this stressful? I'm like, might as well be out hunting a lion. <laughs> yeah. You know, like that's the level of stress it was. At least that lion doesn't talk shit. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I know what he's uh, after. Yeah. Yeah. I think it adds up. And whether we consciously are aware of it or not, it does. Yeah. And and I'm glad that you found a, a place to put it down. Yeah. That's cool. I think that uh I mean, I'm gonna continue to try new things. Sure. And who knows what I'll settle on. I hope next time I talk to you I'm uh meditating all the time. <laughs> me too. Me too. I need to be better with uh, it. My wife frowns at me when I skip it. <laughs> you know, and like I was listening to someone the other day, they were like, uh, I want to get to a point where you don't need your phone to do it mm. because the idea of needing someone and now there are steps, you have sure. to take baby steps, do what you got to do. But the idea of needing a phone to tell you to breathe right. is so counterproductive in my mind. I'm like, I get it. Try just stop breathing for a while. You'll remember. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
But that's why it's good to surround yourself with people that are doing things. Mm -hmm. And if you don't know, like, how to do any of it, I mean, you could YouTube whatever, but just... I mean, it's better to have someone to ask questions to. Yeah. Because YouTube's great to just show you what that person knows or what that person's doing, but it isn't an interactive, like, yeah, I see that, but how does this part work? You don't get that answer. Right. You just get to go back down the rabbit hole and see if somebody has it. Or, or And I remember that from just learning guitar. Yeah. It was way more productive to have a person to bounce things off with and show yeah. me the little thing than just try to mirror what I was watching on a screen. Well, and it brings you from the point of, okay, you can learn about something, but then you got to start doing it. Mm. And yeah. so a lot of people get stuck in that. Okay, well, I know about it, but I'm not practicing it. Yeah. And that's the key thing there is actually doing it. But Where have you found your purpose at now? Uh, you know, right now, uh, having... Summer, so Summer's my niece, so having her in my life uh, in the way that she is. So I adopted her in 2019. Uh, she is a few months from being an 18-year-old. Wow. And having her in my life has changed things dramatically. Like, I mean, big factor on why I made the quick moves to get us down here was also because I didn't want her to stay in the schools up there, and I didn't want her to have to be forced into something. I didn't want our lives chosen for us and they seem to be done that way up there. So, mm. um, you know, right now it's like her. And then also it's, I feel like I want to help people that of where I was, you know what I mean? So, sure. uh, I am not claiming to be a pro or to know all these things, but I am five years ahead of where I was at one point. And there are people that are stuck there and that they don't know where to go. Yeah. And so I want to help like summer and everybody else I can tr like fast forward. I just want as many people like I get so excited because I try and show summer everything that I'm like, you're 10 years ahead of where I was mentally because yeah. we talk about these things. And I'm like, you're going to be, I mean, everyone's got their own shit. <laughs> you're going to have problems. We but, all fuck our kids up somehow. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, but, uh, I'm like, you're just so far ahead and that's great. And I want, Everyone I know, everyone I come in contact with, I want them to be like leapfrogging over me. I just want to share knowledge. I'm like soaking things in and learning and sharing. That's just what I want to do. And so I don't necessarily have like a thing that I want to share. But um, I mean, I guess if I had to label it, it would be like growth and working on yourself and finding yourself and living a purposeful life, even though I'm still on that journey myself. We all are. Right. I yeah. mean, it never stops. And it changes as it goes. Right? Exactly. As she comes into your life, she becomes the focus of that. And as she becomes a young woman and moves on, your focus will change. Exactly. Yeah. That's I cool. Know. It's going to be fun in like a year. I'm going to be like, okay, cool. Now what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Does yeah. she have a plan? What's she going to do? Um, you know, no. Okay. Honestly, I'm taking her on a Euro trip next year. Really? Yeah. Um, okay. It, I don't know. We'll we'll see. It's an election year, so hopefully I can still Ooh. travel normally. <laughs> where do you, Where do you want to go in Europe? Uh, I want to go to Rome. Mm. Uh, I, I'm just Italy in general. Um, Have you ever been? No. Okay. Uh, the only place I've been to in Europe are Croatia, Ireland, and Scotland, and London. But that was for not as long. And so she wants to go to Paris. I don't know. 
I'm like, I don't think you understand how expensive and snooty people are, but it's a you know a historical place. And I'm, Rome I'm about is it. too, right? I'm about Rome it. Rome is too. Rome was. I've been to Italy, and Venice was very cool. Mm-hmm. Um, Rome felt very touristy. I know it will be, but I gotta see the Colosseum. But the Colosseum is super cool, <laughs> right? Uh, just keep people to fight here. Yeah, <laughs> like I gotta. yeah. They do lots of tours. Yeah. Uh, it's how much money you want to spend, and wh- yeah. who you want to do the tour guide with. Um, the Leaning Tower was fairly anticlimactic. It's just a little tower with a building yeah. that looks like it was built wrong. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think all in all, it was a really good uh, – Florence was my favorite place. Florence was very cool. It's uh, it's a smaller town, but it's like uh, very urban. Mm-hmm. There's lots of tall buildings all in, inside apartment complexes. But you'll come across this block where it's like someone just picked one of the buildings up and removed it. And there's just a big flat pad there and everyone goes there and parties at night. Nice. And so you just walk by and people are in these little five to ten group clicks playing guitar, chilling, like a college campus probably. Yeah. But they were just locals. Yeah. And that was very fun. And we're pretty open and warming and welcoming. And we sat at a restaurant and met people there and talked. And they were from the U.S. You, know, you, hear, yeah. you hear people speak in English. You're uh, like, hey, you're like, hey where are you from? <laughs> yeah. Um, Did you say Texas? <laughs> <laughs> Best friends? Do you want to just do the whole trip together? Yeah, right. <laughs> um, but yeah. That, that's awesome. So I think we're going to do like Italy, Spain, Paris, and then fly out of London. Just do like a little snake yeah. and, and train it. Hit the milestones. Yeah. And I on it, I want... I mean, you know how, like, they say every parent, like, tries to implant their, like, their dreams onto their kids? Sure. I want to give her the travel bug Mm. because I feel like most people I know, if they could go back in time, they would spend a year just dicking off and traveling. Because that's half the reason why people join the military Mm -hmm. is they are like, I'm going to see the world, mom. And they're nope, you're going to see North Carolina. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, right. Iraq, that's all I saw. Right. I found a group or community called uh, Crew Wanted. And I got the sailing bug Ah. for my honeymoon. We got our sailing captain's licenses. Nice. And then I found that there's this whole community where you can log in and it has people that are sailing all over the world. Some of them circumnavigating. Some of them just going from like New Zealand to the Philippines or Mm -hmm. to wherever. And they'll post up. Like, hey, looking for two or three people to go from here to here. Uh, A lot of times your expenses are covered. Just get yourself down there and you learn how to sail. You can see the world and and do it very, very cheaply. That's cool. Like, man, if I'd have seen that at 19 instead of, you know. That's what I'm saying. That would have been incredible. And, like, she's already expressed to me that at some point she wants to have a family and, mm-hmm. like, kids. Do it now, girl. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, just go travel because yeah. she's an artist. So I've, I've already told her, I'm like, you do not need college. And I'm like, yeah. you need a portfolio with your work. And you need to decide, like, because you can teach yourself uh, graphic design. Mm. She's already got Procreate and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, I'm like, you can do it all. You just have to put the work in and create it. Right. Um, teach her how to travel cheap, take good pictures. Yeah. And she'll she'll pave her way. Yeah. And so that's kind of what I want to do is get her. I just want her to open her mind. And I mean, it's already open so much living in another state. Yeah. You know, I know people want to keep their kid in like one home for their whole life. And while that stability stability is good, 
Um, and if you could do that and, and travel and still teach them that way, that'd be the ideal way to do it. Yeah. Um, that wasn't how I was doing it. So, uh, I think it'll be good for her. Yeah. And I think that stability like that can also be very restrictive. Right. And then they start to develop a fear of stepping outside of that comfort zone. Yeah. And that's one of the things that I started to roll my head around with each new phase of my life is I'm just really extending my bubble of comfort. Yeah. Until I ended up naked in the Colombian jungle, right? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe my bubble's too big. But naked, <laughs> yeah. balls deep. I'm just kidding, that's uh, in story. the mud. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it's just you know, where's your bubble of comfort right now, and what little thing could you do to push it out a little bit? Yeah. And then and then and then you have genuine confidence. Yeah. That's awesome. Have you ever seen the movie Bubble Boy? I oh, I have, but very long time ago. Jake Gyllenhaal, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's got like all the allergies or something and his mom's... Uh, Supposedly. Right. His I don't mom think was, he actually did. I think that she was like hypochondriac or something. Yeah, Munchausen, I think. Yeah. Something like and that. And so he was living in a bubble and then he mm-hmm. ran out, rolling down the street in a bubble. Yeah. Yeah, I know. You can... I mean, like you said, we all... Um, fuck up our kids in their own way and so it's like they might have a fear of it or they might never want to they might be turned nomadic and just be like i don't want to stay in one place and so i think a good balance as best you can balance it of like stability and exploring keeping an open mind is good but uh hopefully she you know takes her 20s to just kind of live a little and explore versus work i mean you have your whole life to work Mm mm-hmm and work is not, work is not it. <laughs> Work's so dumb. No, you're not going to get to the end of your <laughs> life and wish you had worked more. I know. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people, uh, that, that commercial that, uh, I shot with ZF, like a lot mm-hmm. of people were like, dude, I had never heard that quote before about like getting to the end of your life and like, you know, um, looking back and wishing you had done it and mm. like viewing it from from that sure. perspective sure like people don't think about that but if you think about our ancestors like they all knew death was coming and they thought about it often yeah and they thought about it like probably daily what am i doing right now to if today was my last day you know and it, people are like oh that's deep that's dark like okay but it's also uh reality yeah. for a lot of people when Why i came out of it? that last uh retreat i think the psilocybin shows you all kinds of shit. And one of the things yeah. that it did to me was it rephrased the question, what are you going to do today to yeah. what are you doing with this day of life? Mm. And that just, for whatever reason, when I say that to myself, it, it, it's acknowledging that it's a day of life yeah, and that will end because there's also death. Mm-hmm. And so this day, you know, is... Is something special you might want to think a little bit more about. Hey, I'm gonna go to the grocery store and then watch reruns on Netflix. Like, okay, that is an option. That is a way. Uh, but you're probably not going to be 80 laying on your bed and go, man, I was glad I saw that for the fifth time. <laughs> right, right. Oh, those Netflix shows really. That was such a good show. Really made my life Such a great watching. show, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm excited for her and for you and Thank your you. business. Um, that's awesome. It's really cool. Yeah. Big things coming. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you for coming in. Thanks for having me. Yeah. <laughs> Stay zero. Stay fucking zero right now. <laughs>